Libros Schmibros is a podcast exploring the people, books, movies, and ideas that Angelinos care about in a thoughtful way that even New Yorkers can understand. We're coming to you from Libros Schmibros, our nonprofit bilingual lending library in Boyle Heights, on the west coast of the country and the east bank of the mighty Los Angeles River. My name is Cuauhtémoc Hernández. This is the Libros Schmibros podcast. And today's guest, we have artist and founder of LA streetwear label Total Luxury Spa, uh, as well as a uh, creative studio Commonwealth Projects. Uh, artist is uh, Daniel DeJure. And uh, thank you for joining us, Daniel. How, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cool. So um, I was mentioning earlier before we started recording, uh, one of the reasons why I was really ex excited to get you on this interview was because we're, um, we like to uh, reach out to storytellers and and you're the first uh, streetwear label that we reached out to because a lot of your work is narrative-based. And um, I've read that you, you use the term fiction-based reality for, for some of your work. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with Total Luxury Spa, can you give us a, a, a quick summary of, of what your work is and what your objectives are with the label? Yeah, there's kind of a, a lot to, uh, to unpack there. So we'll, we'll kind of go through it like bit by bit, I guess. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, streetwear, and it's funny because we don't, in a lot of ways, we don't um, maybe think of ourselves as sort of like in streetwear. I think it's it's uh, it's an avenue that we've kind of like um, fallen into a little bit, and we're kind of dabbling in. But um, you know, I think we're of the belief that we could also like you know next year it might not be shirts and clothing; it could be something completely different, maybe more conceptual, um, you know, out in the world. So I think right now. Um, the world of streetwear is interesting. Uh, it's a way to kind of like, uh, it's a delivery method, I guess, if you will. So it's a way of kind of like getting um, a message across uh, to a lot of people really quickly. Um, and it's really interesting for us. You know, I think we kind of stumbled upon it uh, in some sense. We don't come from any sort of like uh, clothing or, or streetwear background. Um, and I think it was one of those things where we designed a handful of shirts years ago they were sitting on the server here in the studio for a long time. I came across them again and I was like, oh man, we should really do something with these. We put a couple out, we put like, we made some samples basically, just so happens those samples made it onto um, an amazing artist named Khalil Joseph, who wore them in New York Times. And it sort of like blew up from there. People started hitting us up and asking us where we, they could get them. And then sort of like the messaging, I was like, oh wow, this is really, you know, it was just a, an incredibly powerful tool to kind of like um, get a message out there. So I was like, okay, well, what's the message? You know, like, what are we about? And so that's kind of how the whole thing started. Um, yeah, the fiction, what's that? No, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the fiction-based reality stuff, um, you know, that was one specific collection that we did. Uh, I wanna say it was last year, I think, uh, earlier this year or last year. And, um, you know, it, it kind of dabbled into con sort of our conceptual thinking a little bit. And, and you know, before, um, before we jumped on, you and I were chatting a little bit about Mike Davis, and he's definitely like a big inspiration for us. This idea of, um, you know, you mentioned excavating the future. That's definitely something um, that we're interested in. We're, we're, we're both kind of like, uh, we're interested in the history of Los Angeles, um, sort of characters and, and figures that have come out of Los Angeles and sort of political history and things like that of LA, um, you know, and people of the past that were kind of trying to change the status quo um, and kind of shift the uh, shift dynamics a little bit here in LA, politically speaking. Um, and uh, in some ways kind of playing with that idea. So 
I think with SPA, it's really about kind of designing um, sort of these like utopian ideas um, of the future and sort of playing with the idea of like, why is that not a reality right now? Can we make it a reality? Can we make it look like a reality? And then sort of back real characters into it. This idea that, you know, you can kind of make, make things up a little bit the way that you want to see them in the world. Uh, and then when people start asking questions, they get really excited, they wear it, things like that. There's questions that start popping up. And then we start backing it into kind of real characters, you know? So, um, you know, part of the Crenshaw wellness element, um, you know, we, we, it, was, it was sort of a made up kind of concept, this sort of like wellness center. Um, and then we started backing real characters into it. People like Mr. Wisdom, who had a kind of a vegan restaurant here. And so the proceeds from that shirt also go back into um, the people that helped back it. So the proceeds from that shirt went to him. And so, you know, it's just this idea that um, we can kind of make up the world that we, the way we want to see it, the way that we believe it should be. Um, and, you know, just kind of a, a, a bit more of a fair landscape, I guess, if you will. Uh, and then, you know, when people start asking the questions, you can start backing in kind of real elements to it and kind of make it a reality. We start sort of like, you know, it's almost like that, that thing kind of fake it till you make it a little bit, like where we kind of come up with the ideas of the way that we want to see the world. And then um, we start making it a reality afterwards in a way. So it's a little bit of, I guess, uh, you know, kind of conceptual thinking. And right now, like I said, you know, it takes the form of t-shirts and clothing, but who knows, like next year, it could be something completely different. You know, when we started, we, uh, we started in kind of publications, you know, zines and things like that, and, and kind of backing um, young uh, artists that we believe in that didn't necessarily have gallery representation, things like that. Um, my studio would kind of fund those projects. And, and with those projects, we do say a series of talks in the studio, we do a series of say meditation workshops, things like that. And so we just started kind of, um, you know, just kind of backing uh, these things that we kind of wanted to see in the world that we weren't seeing enough of um, and, and figuring out ways of making those a reality. So we did a whole summertime uh, film series. So those are kind of things that like they could come back, you know, the, the clothing thing could take a backseat and there could be an emphasis more on kind of like the film element, say, or a talk series and things like that. So I think I answered some of the questions. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And, and we'll, yeah, it, like you said, it's a lot to unpack. So uh, uh, I want to kind of touch on some of the points you made, because uh, you mentioned the series, the, the fiction based reality, you had uh, Crenshaw Wellness. Um, and you also, can you talk a little bit about some of those other um, sh uh, designs that you made? I'm not sure if it was part of the same series, but you had Earth Embassy, Radical Nests. So you kind of create like these alternate realities uh, like utopian future, uh, it's, it's uh, I guess it would be described as even like Afrofuturism because you're inserting, uh, you know, black figures, black historical figures also into these, um, into these worlds. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of those, uh, those worlds that, that you did, that y'all created? Yeah, so Hassan, um, Hassan, you know, designed most of those shirts. Um, Justin um, did some of those as well. Um, and, you know, th there's a, a few different shirts. So say um, you take like Flora, for instance. Um, Flora was this, this interesting shirt that we did, which was all about sort of um, uh, plants. It, I, I think it said something like, um, you know, uh, what was it? it like plant for, plants for hurt landscapes, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I think I have one here, actually, hold on. It said, um, I got one here. It says arrangements and ecology. And then on the back, it says, um, where is it? 
uh, healing plants for hurt landscapes, right? Yeah. And so, you know, this is like, this was one shirt that we did that's going to kind of turn into a series that's all about sort of um, plants, specifically like Los Angeles plants. Um, you know, Los Angeles has, a, a, has many different kind of landscapes here. There's plants from all over the place, and it's really interesting. We had done a project with MOCA um, a few years ago where we helped them kind of redesign their plaza in the front um, of the museum. And with that project, we worked with um, some incredible characters that helped bring in uh, and teach us about kind of the local plants. We wanted to use all local plants from the mountains, from the mm -hmm. ocean, um, from the desert, things like that. So this is a little Tokyo, know, uh, the little Tokyo exactly. mocha, right? Okay. Exactly. And so through that project, we got to know um, quite a bit about kind of the local, uh, the local plant kind of landscape. And we wanted to do a shirt um, around that idea and this idea that, um, you know, coming up with sort of like a faux um, uh, uh, kind of plant service, I guess, if you will. And so right now, for instance, that's kind of like a made up theme that will back into kind of real characters moving forward. So there's a, there's a couple pieces that we're designing now that'll come out probably in about six months, four or five, six months, um, that'll have some real characters that, that specifically LA-based um, people and, and some, some foundations that are doing some incredible work in kind of the, the plant, um, plant world here locally. So, you know, we kind of make up these utopian ideas of the future. And, um, and Hassan's also done that. Hassan's really good at kind of um, both digging through the archives. I, I, I would almost call him kind of like a, uh, you know, like a cultural anthropologist or something like that. Like he's really good at kind of digging in the archives and, and then building these kind of like future worlds of what the world is that he would like to kind of create or the world that he would like to see um, out there. And we design them in a way that looks like they might have been designed back then when those ideas maybe um, first started kind of bubbling up a little bit. So they have this kind of strange quality to them that feel both retro in one sense and at the same time they're kind of these future ideas. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a sort of a fun space to kind of be in. And I think for us, it's really about, you know, just practicing like a little bit more of a hopeful future. Um, you know, I, I, I always kind of play with this idea that, uh, you know, a lot of the reality that we're living in today, I guess, politically speaking, feels like fiction. <laughs> it feels like it's actually like really fucked up and it shouldn't be the case. And, it, and you're sort of like, is this real, you know? And it's interesting that we are making up these ideas that are fiction, but that shouldn't be, they should be just be real. And it's in some ways, it's kind of just getting to level ground. Um, this idea that it's all about, um, you know, it's, it's in some ways, we're not even asking for um, anything extra. We're just at every, you know, it's just about getting just to le level, like a level playing field, I guess, if you will. So I think that's what really the root of all the designs and things that we do is really about that um, more than anything else. You know, the Earth Embassy shirt, that's something that we created uh, right in the beginning of quarantine. I think, at least for me, I was kind of struggling with sort of, you know, as I'm sure a lot of us were, but struggling and maybe still are, um, just the state of the world a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, things feeling obviously very dire and, and heavy. and um, But also just looking at the planet in terms of what we were doing, the election coming up, and, you know, it just feels like... Uh, things are closing in a little bit. And I think the Earth Embassy shirt specifically was about kind of celebrating, just going back just to the basics and just kind of celebrating, you know, like this idea that the Earth is our embassy and it is supposed to be our safe space and we're supposed to take care of it back. And, you know, and, and um, 
and and also this feeling that we were kind of living in our own like even this you know like as if we're like you know <laughs> communicating with each other through like our own spaceships you know like you're in yours and i'm in mine and um and we're using this contraption to kind of communicate and playing around with that idea a little bit this idea of like an embassy this idea of travel this idea of still this need for humans to kind of connect with each other um and and to do so by any means necessary you know i know in the beginning of quarantine i was facetiming all the time with people and you know i was kind of freaked out a little bit and it was just this way of like really just staying connected you know to your world and there's there's kind of beauty in that you know so in a way those shirts were about kind of a celebration of space your own personal space how do you make your own personal space your own how do you make your own personal space um you know your temple how do you make it your spiritual space how do you make your own space your education space how do you make it a space that you still get exercise in that you you know all these things that we have to now think about and in a way that series was kind of about that you know and so you know a lot of times when we um total luxury spa is kind of the the umbrella is kind of like the mother brand i guess you could say and then these ideas are almost like these silos and some silos will have you know one or two shirts and other ones might turn into a whole other kind of thing so for instance with the um the Crenshaw Wellness series, you know, we've kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. You know, when you when you design anything, when you put something out into the kind of cultural cosmos, it it has a it has a certain meaning then, and then that meaning also changes over time because of all the other elements around it. And I think with Crenshaw Wellness, it's something that we've been thinking about. You know, how can we do more with it? And so we've been talking about turning that into this is kind of the first time I'm saying it out loud, um, I guess publicly, but. Um, you know, turning it into a nonprofit um, or some 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 way of actually like f it fully giving back. So this idea that it would only pop up, it would be its own company, it would only pop up just to back some sort of cause. So say it's say Crenshaw will or say Crenshaw High School needs a new garden. We would design a series of shirts around that, and the, all the proceeds would just go towards that garden. Or if if there's someone in the neighborhood that has a mom and pop shop that's struggling it would pop up, you know, the, the, the shirt would come out and then all the proceeds would just go to that one thing and then it would go away. And this idea that like, it would only work for the people, like it's really one-to-one. -one. So there's no, there's no other series, like there's no, nothing else except for like whatever it's needed at that moment, it would just design around that and then disappear. And so we've been working on that um, as, as, as a separate kind of brand. So we're gonna break it off just because that had so much popularity and we wanna just give it the respect and also figure out a way to just give it fully back to the people um, as much as possible. So I don't know, all these ideas, you know, they're really experiments. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, um, they're just us trying to navigate the world in a new way and in, in a way that we want to kind of see it play out, you know? Yeah. And what I really appreciate and I love about your work is that it's still grounded in, in your community. It's, it's, it's speculative fiction, but it's definitely, you create the reality. Like um, I wanted to ask you about, you had a proposal for a children's meditation program at Hillcrest Elementary School. Um, why, why did you want to start something like that? Like what, why, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the, the clothing brand, like you keep saying it, it's more than just about the clothing, right? Yeah, the clothing, the clothing thing, to be totally honest with you, is like one part of a much larger, um, I guess, trajectory um, that I personally believe in, I know Hassan also believes in, and, and my studio is just kind of based around. 
and it's not like I've had this idea forever. It's something that I've also developed over time. Um, I guess there's a couple elements to that. One is, you know, the way culture works these days and the way the speed of information works these days is that everything is accessible to everyone. And I think, you know, it, it's easy to sort of take an aesthetic of something and use it for something else and put it out there. And there's all sorts of like appropriation and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think one really important element is that um, you're always giving more than you're taking. I think it, no matter what in life period, not just in terms of graphics, not just in terms of design or art, things like that, is that you're always like, you're adding more into the equation than you're taking from the equation. And I think if we're able to do that in all of our lives in different ways that we're, um, we'll just be that much more better off. I think, you know, the world is kind of the way it is at the moment because there's just been a lot of taking. And, um, and I think it's important to kind of give more than, uh, more than take. So, you know, part of it is also that if we're going to be in conversation around these things and design around these things, it's also important that we are giving more than we're taking. So, um, you know, my studio is where we're located now is right on exposition right behind Dorsey high school. Um, and I've been here now for about 14 years, 13, 14 years. And, you know, I'm, um, I'm very much involved in the neighborhood, um, both in a, my own personal way in terms of friends and, and family and all of that. And then um, separate to that, just involved in terms of like what's happening in the neighborhood. And, you know, there, there's a bunch of elementary schools around here, specifically Hillcrest Elementary and Baldwin Hills Elementary down the street. And we started early days of Total Luxury Spa. I, I was mentioning kind of the, the publication side of it and then also this, the, the sort of uh, talk series and the film series and all of that. But in the early days, we started doing a um, weekly meditation workshop here for the community. And this was like, I wanna say maybe nine years ago now. This was a while ago and eight, nine years ago. And um, it would be in the studio here. We would do it uh, early on Wednesday mornings and it would be open to everyone in the community, friends, colleagues, you know, um, and we would have breakfast uh, served. It was free to everyone. Uh, there was an instructor. And you know, it, it was, um, it went on for some time. I think I wanna say it went on for almost two years in the beginning where, you know, it, you never knew who was gonna show up for it. It was like families from the neighborhood. It was kids in the neighborhood. It was um, design colleagues that I know from work. It was, it was just kind of a, a mix and it was really interesting. And everyone just got a ton out of it. I mean, there was times where, you know, the room would be, it was heavy. There was times where like the room would be crying by the end of it. There's times where people felt alive and happy and ready to start their day and the rest of the week because of it. It was just this beautiful thing. And everything started there. Like really, if I dissect all of it and all the different components and a lot of happened since then, everything really started with that. Um, just seeing, you know, how much people kind of take away from meditation and dropping in and all of that. And I think we've for a long time have wanted to do more um, meditation workshops. I know what meditation has done for me. Um, and in terms of, you know, things like trauma and, and all of that, it's just, just a way of kind of re just landing and kind of quieting the noise um, inside your head. And, you know, I've always wanted to bring that to kind of different spaces in, in every which way. I think it should be in every school. It should be taught to police officers. It should be all of that. So um, 
there was a, a project that we started with a group of kids in the neighborhood called Tropics. And um, we did a, a kind of a, a short term education series uh, and um, kind of a pop up at the Underground Museum. And with that was also an, a, a meditation series that we brought. And that's still going today. So that's every Monday evening at the, at the Underground Museum. Currently, it's online. But, um, you know, 40, 50 people show up for that in person every time we do it at the Underground Museum. It's a beautiful thing. It's now funded by the Underground Museum, which is amazing. Um, we funded it for the first, I want to say, four years. And with that, um, I also wanted to be able to bring that to local elementary schools. And so we started talking to Hillcrest Elementary specifically. They asked us to come in and talk to the kids um, on a career day, just in terms of like career and uh, the clothing brand and everything else and the juice stuff for Tropics and Commonwealth projects and everything that we're doing kind of in the neighborhood. They wanted us to come and talk to the kids and we did. And at the end of one of those sessions, I was talking to the principal and um, you know, I said, hey, I, I have this idea. I would love to do it. I'm extremely naive when it comes to like the hurdles I would have to jump through to kind of get it, you know, put through to, you know, LAUSD. I have no idea like what you need, but like we would help come up with the funding for it. And so he's like, yeah, let's, let's try a pilot program. And so we did a pilot program for about three months and it was beautiful. It was, you know, we, we, um, we had the kids fill out journals. We saw the progress. Um, sorry there. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sorry about that. Did I cut out? Um, you know, uh, we, it, it was incredible just seeing the change. It was both third grade and fifth graders. I was there, um, you know, it was two days a week. I was there both days um, uh, for those three months. And it was really kind of like a, a pilot program to see like if it would work, to see what worked, what was the curriculum, you know, and we, we built it every week um, for the kids and for the teacher and things like that. The teacher got really involved as well. Both teachers got really involved. And it was something that was incredible just to see kind of blossom. And, um, and since then, obviously COVID has hit, but um, since then, it's something that we really want to bring back to the local elementary schools. It's something that works. We, I was blown away by the progress. I mean, there was times I was brought to tears in the classroom where it was just seeing, you know, seeing some of these kids that, that you know, uh, I was like that when I was younger, extremely, you know, say hyper or maybe you know, having a difficult time focusing and things like that. And just seeing a lot of these kids just land and just how much they needed it and communicate with each other and communicate with the teacher and, and all these things from meditation. And it, you know, it's, it's, kids are a lot different when it comes to meditation, obviously than adults, you know, they have a lot less um, sort of like inner discipline to sit there quiet for however much time. And, you know, so we, we learned and, and kind of implemented all these uh, incredible exercises, you know, from, there's one where, um, you know, all the kids lay on their backs and um, they all get kind of like a, this, this sort of little figure kind of toy stuffed animal and they put it on their stomachs and, and they just watch it. They breathe and they just watch that animal kind of go up and down and just a way of kind of like landing a little bit. And there was beautiful, just incredible work that was done in those three months. And, and so now we're looking for funding um, to try to get that kind of off the ground. And I think we're going to help fund it, obviously, but um, I would love to see it as a permanent kind of... Um, you know, a permanent element um, in these elementary schools. Sorry, I lost track of the question a little bit. But <laughs> I feel like no, I, I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it seems to be all connected, like the idea yeah. of giving back. Um, and I appreciate you sharing about your neighborhood too, because it's um, Lemire Park area, Crenshaw. Um, there's, there's so much happening as far as um, 
culturally, um, I know you've been giving back recently to the Umoja Center, to the, the World Stage, and also to Lauren Halsey's project, the yes. Summer Everything Community Center. Um, so can you share a little bit about what, because it seems like it's like a network that, that like a lot of people are giving back to, to their community. And it, I, I wonder, do you think, is, is this kind of like a part of like a continuous legacy of, um, of community oriented art spaces? Or do you think it's accelerated also because of the development that's happening because of the, the train station, the development in Inglewood with the stadiums and all that? Do you think there's some sort of connection or? That's an interesting question. I feel like it's, um, in some ways, it's almost like a, a Mike Davis answer, maybe. I think it, um, I think those two things go hand in hand, to be totally honest with you. And, and in some ways, I'm, I'm putting my, um, the Commonwealth Projects sort of hat on in terms of like, uh, I don't know, just the, the kind of cultural approach. I think, um, I think the speed of culture and speed of information has now made all of these things accessible to everyone. So information accessible to everyone and with that, there's kind of, um, you know, everyone's kind of on the same page in a way, you know, and as much as neighborhoods are changing, things like the train and the stadium and all of that stuff and gentrification and the redevelopment of all these different neighborhoods, which is really scary and unfortunate in a lot of ways, I think um, it's, people are aware of it, you know, and as much as that stuff is at hyperspeed, so is, um, so is kind of like the, uh, the answer if you will. So is kind of like, you know, what the people can kind of do about it um, is also kind of at our fingertips, you know? And I think, um, you know, for instance, with the Emoja Center, um, we help them develop and put together a bit of strategy. We've, we worked with them for some time now and, and we've done a bunch of different projects with them. We helped them raise some money um, during the last fundraiser, but also we help them, um, you know, fight back against this group called the CIM Group, a big real estate development um, company here locally. Uh, that's been doing some pretty scary stuff and um, we helped them put together a whole campaign and, and they dropped the uh, they were about to buy the Crenshaw Mall they dropped the uh, they dropped the sale um, because of the amount of noise that we were making which is amazing and I'm not saying us I just mean like the community as a whole mm -hmm. and you know that that's kind of beautiful to see but it's it's definitely like an uphill battle and it's a, it's a big battle to have and and there's some other things that we're doing that are that are about to come out um, that are also kind of to help in that um, in that battle a little bit, you know. And I'm in the space of privilege, and I want to be able to use uh, my privilege to help kind of combat um, a lot of these things that I don't agree with, you know. At the end of the day, um, that's my own from my own standpoint. Um, as far as the Emoja Center and the World Stage and and um, you know Lauren Halsey's program goes, those are all. Um, you know, I, I think of all these things as like family, you know, in the sense that, um, you know, I, I rarely meet someone or start working with someone that I don't continue kind of a relationship with, you know, these are all people that I believe in and I want, I still want to have around me in my life and, um, and I want to be around theirs and I want to be able to give back and I want to be able to kind of show up in all these ways. And, and, you know, hopefully um, that stuff all kind of, you know, it both kind of pays off in terms of like the help that I can bring to it, but also just like, it's also just the way I want to live my life, I guess. And, and, you know, the world stage um, is an incredible, incredible place in Lemur Park that, you know, they've been around for a long time and they, they, they basically live check to check and they, they, 
you know, they've been doing incredible work and they provide educa you know, music education programs for the community, for the kids in the community. If those kids don't have $5 to get in, they just let them in. They've been doing that forever, you know? And so we were um, really excited that, you know, in the beginning of the BLM stuff, we also wanted to step up and, and see what we could do. Um, not just in terms of like a big kind of fundraiser for some entity that we don't know, um, you know, on the other side of the world, which is great, you know, but we wanted to see what we could do here locally. And we wanted to see what we could do without selling a single shirt. You know, our whole thing was just like, let's just get the people behind these causes, educate people, and also, um, you know, just bring a little bit of awareness. And I think it's been incredible to watch because a lot of the people that donated to those things um, are still very involved you know, that they're on weekly calls with the Emoja Center, help seeing how they can help in the community. Um, you know, they, they signed up for kind of uh, monthly uh, contributions in terms of, of being able to support those spaces. And that's an incredible thing to see, you know. So, um, you know, I think through those campaigns, we also got the attention of some bigger kind of commercial entities um, and companies that, um, you know, we basically told them, look, if you want to show up, you got to throw down and, and they did and it's it's and without asking for anything in return and and you know to see these spaces be able to not only cover rent and and but you know to put those funds behind programming and to see them really blossom to me that again is just getting to like base level like you know no one's asking for anything extra it, it's just like just getting to base level so whatever we can do to kind of help um, those spaces um, get there is incredible, especially right now as things are getting so developed, we don't want to see those places disappear. They're doing incredible work in the community and, you know, work that's going to need to be done even if the area kind of gets redeveloped and things like that, you know, we're going to try to fight to, to push back against those developments. But um, even if, even if that change comes, those things are still needed, you know, so they're doing the real work. Um, and so anything that we can do to kind of help back them, um, we want to do and at the end of the day I've also just always been I don't know a people person like I, I enjoy meeting people and, and developing relationships and keeping those relationships going and things like that so I think especially around the neighborhood and stuff like that I, I, I want to continue doing that and seeing how I can contribute and we can contribute um, yeah yeah and it's beautiful to see especially like uh, yeah I'm from I live in East LA right now so from the east side seeing what what y'all are doing it like the it's like a really cohesive community and uh, it seems like there's a lot of power in that so i just wanted to yeah i just wanted to say yeah yeah that's it's beautiful to see like i yeah i, I appreciate y'all like as you know reference points for the rest of the country really like i think yeah I, I really appreciate it we we have um we have a big collection coming up um which maybe i'll talk a little bit about but it's around the idea and it, it's definitely new for us um, it's around the idea of water and um, specifically in LA I know there's a lot of politics again going back to Mike Davis but um, there's a lot of politics around kind of you know the history of how we've gotten the water that's here currently kind of hydro politics um, and uh, uh, the science of water the health benefits of water and things like that so we have a, a big collection coming up kind of around that whole theme um, and uh, it's something that we're really excited about and it's it's going to kind of parallel the election a little bit so there'll be some sort of parallels there as well so it's something you know that we're looking forward to awesome um so i just have maybe a couple more questions uh, yeah I mean, sure go on you have i feel like there there could be a whole episode on on a bunch of different things the commonwealth project sure uh, your work with them you know the exhibition designs videos 
um, the whole creative studio like that. It's so fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we probably only have like five more minutes. So I just wanted yeah, to ask a couple more questions just based around some of the conversations we've been already having. Um, so you do a lot of work with the Underground Museum, right? And um, I know your personal friends was with Noah Davis and Khalil Joseph. Um, can you just share a little bit about the significance of, of that community that, that y'all are creating with the Underground Museum and some of that collaborations also? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the Underground Museum is kind of my home away from home. It's, uh, it's Noah, Khalil, Faith, uh, Quran, everyone in the family there is like my second family. And um, I, I, I've grown up with them and um, Noah was one of my best friends. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's also a lot of parallels with um, the way Noah navigated the world. And I'm sure I probably did it subconsciously a little bit, but the way Noah navigated the world and, um, and total luxury spa in some ways, in terms of the way he viewed the world and wanted to give back and, um, you know, just engage with people and kind of really put people on and, and help put people on and just use any, any power that he had to kind of connect with people. And, um, and yeah, with the Underground Museum, you know, we, we do all their exhibition designs and a lot of their design work. We just put out a, um, a Noah Davis book um, that just came out here somewhere. Um, it was just uh, just released. It was Werner Gallery around the painting show that was there. And that same show is going um, to come to the Underground Museum uh, as soon as they open back up sometime, uh, I think, middle of next year um, or early next year. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, that space is so unique uh, and important, specific, specifically because, you know, geographically speaking, um, where it's located, um, the access to extremely high level um, art that maybe uh, wouldn't be able to, you know, be shown other than kind of like a major uh, museum that you'd have to probably pay to get into that's far away. And so it's incredible that they have a space that uh, is not only showing, um, you know, big, big important artists, but they're also kind of in conversation with those pieces. They create conversation. I think that's probably one of the most important pieces of the Underground Museum is that they're constantly creating the conversations um, around those things, not just in terms of the art that's being shown, but conceptually the idea behind the art and, and um, you know, the idea behind the space. And, and they have all sorts of education series there. They do these film workshops, um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're, it, the list kind of just goes on and on. And, you know, it's really a family space. And I don't mean that just by the immediate family that started it. But I mean, when you go to that space, you're immediately in the family. Like, you can go and hang out and meet everyone that works there. And like, you can go and just kick it there and, you know, hang out in the garden in the back and get to know everyone. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is like, I, I have some new friends in the community. And and there's something beautiful about that. It's like just a really big open space. And, and that's Noah at the end of the day. I mean, it's a whole family, but Noah was just so like, he wanted to hang out with everyone. He wanted everyone to come over and just like, you know, barbecue at the museum. And that's, that was just Noah. And I think the space has really harnessed that and kind of ran with it, you know? So with their partnership with Mocha um, and, and, you know, uh, they have some incredible work uh, that's shown there. And, and, you know, they're really family friends of theirs that kind of end up showing the work, a lot of these big artists. 
So there's just something really unique about that space. It feels very um, human when you go there. A lot of museums are really cold, kind of white wall, you know, the artwork and, you know, there's some sort of uh, there's a person standing in the corner, some sort of security guy or whatever. But like you go to the underground museum, it feels kind of like you're it's a mix between someone's house and then like the family's there and then they're showing this incredible work. And you're like, is this a vibe, you know? Yeah, I love it there. I, I went to some of their uh, summer film screenings. Yeah. And the patio is just so, it, yeah, it's like really beautifully designed and yeah, uh, comfortable. It's, it's yeah. amazing. So they're going to do it. There's a bunch of stuff coming up, specifically in the patio and the film series and stuff like that, that they're, um, they're going to be doing next year that's going to be really special. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm just going to ask one more question. I have like yeah, of a course. recurring question that I ask some of the guests. Um, and it's about um monuments and and memorializing uh certain parts of la um and this is also kind of influenced by mike davis we keep referencing mike davis um so what is there like an intersection in la that you would memorialize or maybe put a, a monument on something maybe that references a part of uh hidden history of la or, or maybe something more personal oh man that's a good question i think a lot of the monuments that i would have um maybe said are probably gone unfortunately um which is kind of fucked up and sad but mm -hmm. um i sort of and maybe this is just right now but there's something about the la river that i find so twisted and at the same time just brings up all these conversations and you know it kind of acts as a border it kind of um it's almost like this network through los angeles it's definitely not a river you know, um, it, it's, there's nothing kind of really natural about it other than the water that moves through it. Um, and even that has a kind of a, a dark, twisted history. So there's something about the LA River that I, uh, it would probably be something around the LA River. I'm not sure exactly Any what it Any particular place? Um, oh man, I just remember being, I remember like being a kid and my brother and I would like, I mean, it's crazy that my parents even like let us do it, but I must've been like 10 years old and getting on a bike. I, I must've been like nine maybe and getting on a bike. And we had this whole route that we would take through the LA river and we would ride all the way to the 405 and the 101. And we would go where the dam is. Oh, you know where the big yeah, dam is? The dam? yeah. We would go behind the dam and there was like just this big open kind of like lagoon. And we were like little kids and we would just go and play in it all day. It was so grimy. <laughs> and we were just playing all day and like catch crawdads and all this stuff. And there's something about it where like I got to know the city in a way because the LA river and not that it, like somehow I knew that or anything like that, but it was somehow like my, my, my compass or something like that. Like from the LA river, I could kind of figure out as a little kid, like where I was somehow, you know? Yeah. It was really strange and, and it goes everywhere, you know, but um, I don't know, for some reason it, just takes me back um i, I kind of have like a nostalgic feeling and no matter where i am it, in remotely you know remotely close to delhi river somehow it's like a weird nostalgic thing and at the same time it has like a really crazy history so i've always been kind of fascinated with it that's the first thing i guess that comes to mind yeah no i mean that's the, the foundation of the city itself the backbone of the yeah. city. So. yeah and it's also just a circle back it's probably also a good reason that when you know in city of courts and mike davis kind of talks about the la river a little bit I was like, for me, it was just like, oh my God, someone else is fascinated with this. Amazing, you know, as like a young 20 year old reading that book. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all, all these answers and for 
uh, yeah, for taking the time to to sit down and and talking with us. Yeah, um, thank you, man. I I, I uh, I'm I'm you know I, I feel really thankful that you've uh, you know asked me to come on and that you've asked us to talk and and um, you know given Total Luxury Spa a platform. Definitely, yeah. I uh, I really respect the work you do, and I'm like I mentioned, there's so much more to talk about Commonwealth projects itself. What y'all have done is incredible. You've worked with you know the top museums in the world, some of the you know most well-known artists and musicians. So, yeah, it, you're really like a cultural powerhouse. So I definitely I'm, I'm well, really honored that you, that you that you spoke with us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for having me on. So ends another episode of Libro Schmibros, recorded at the bilingual nonprofit Libro Schmibros Lending Library in Boyle Heights. By all means, follow us online in all the old familiar places or email us via info at libroschmibros.org. By the way, we couldn't do this podcast without the whole Libros team, Quatemoc, Colleen, Diana, and Alberto. And all of them would kill me if I didn't add this. Please consider visiting libroschmibros.org hitting the donut button, <laughs> the donate button, and giving us a gift. We put good free books into people's hands five days a week here at Libros, right across from Mariachi Plaza, up in the old Boyle Hotel. I'm David Kippen, and there'll always be a free book for you, and thousands more to borrow here at Libros Schmibros. <laughs>